All right, here we go. We are uh, we are in draft central here, episode twenty seven. That's right. Of the map pod, the map podcast on the day of the draft. Very exciting. Uh, I'm Alf at home. Your Matt's at home, and uh, we've had a little bit of a layoff. Uh, <laughs> we have. We have. But I think it's been good. I think it's been good. I think we are refreshed and we're ready for, uh, you know, we might do, uh, might do two days in a row, three days in a row, depending on what comes out of tonight. But let's just start, let's just start with some, uh, I don't know, some early thoughts. Where do you see, uh, quick, quick feelers on tonight's draft? What's your hot take? You know, overall, you know, not, not necessarily looking just at the Maverick, but, Overall, I mean, this is one of the most exciting drafts I can remember, or, or at least pre-draft times. It's really, uh, it's, it's pretty exciting to hear all the buzz, um, going on in the league. And, and you could end up with a lot of movement by the end of the night. And some of it, you know, could end up favoring the Maverick. Um, there's a lot of things that, that they could potentially do because amazingly enough, we actually have a couple of assets. So it's, um, you know, it's, I, I, I'm just really excited to see what happens. I guess then that's a real, maybe over, overly simplified take, but that's, uh, that's where I'm at. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think, um, kind of fun to be in the game. Like this is, this is like our playoffs, so to speak. Um, and yeah, we actually have a chip to put on the table and we have, yeah, I think we have a couple assets that could be considered valuable by other people outside of, like, considering we don't trade Harrison Barnes, just the fact that we have a Wes Matthews or a Seth Curry to throw out there in trades if we did want to do whatever, whether trade back into the first round or uh, move up, like the rumored uh, trade with Minnesota. Um, I think it makes it fun. And so let's move into uh, that latest rumor. Now, I'm a bit, our audience is going to have to just go with what I'm saying and believe it, but I did text you on Monday, and I said, it's just not like the Mavs to be talking so much about the player they are going to pick, and um, everything was so blatantly like, we want Neil Aquina, we want Neil Aquina. I was like, how is this not a smokescreen, Right. Yeah. And, uh, I texted you and I said, I think we're going to trade up with Minnesota and get Rubio and Jonathan Isaac if he slips to seven. And then the next day, all the rumors came out that this had been discussed. And, uh, as of right now, it seems like, you know, I think Tim McMahon or Eddie Sesco, one of those guys said those talks are dead. Um, I don't know if they're dead. I think it's more so like, how does this draft shake out? Because obviously, you don't want to trade up to seven and Jonathan Isaac not be there. I, I think it's clear that he's a top three or four guy on the Mavericks board if they're if they're willing to kind of trade up. I, I think that that says something. Well, and you wonder, really, I wonder with all the things going on and the potential rumors and this guy might go here or there. Um, and first off, let me just confirm that exchange really did occur. 
you, you were all over that well ahead of, yeah. <laughs> of everybody else. So I will give you credit for that. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So I think with all the movement, you wonder if somebody is potentially going to slip down to the ninth spot. So maybe they, you know, they may very well like Milikina, but you know, if, if Malik Monk sometimes somehow ends up there, like why wouldn't the Mavericks take Malik Monk instead of Milikina? Well, and I think also too, they're really trying. I mean, I, I really think they openly, all GMs have no respect for Phil Jackson and Vladdy Bebuck. And they think as much as they may like them as people, this is just on a professional level. I think they were trying to con the Knicks into taking Neil Aquino. That, uh, that was, yeah. That was my whole play on it. And, you know, I have to say it makes sense because a Dennis, Dennis Smith Jr. or a Malik Monk, as much as they may be, I don't know if I'd call them defensive liabilities, but they're not, you know, they don't have Neil Aquino's seven-foot wingspan. They're not going to come in and be a defensive stopper. They would be, uh, I mean, amazing on offense. You know, they're both great shooters, great pick and roll players. And I feel like all we do is pick and roll. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. And, you know, I think earlier this year, I was, I was kind of like, oh, well, Malik Monk could be like, just like Seth Curry. Why do we want that? But now when I think about it, I'm like, wouldn't that be ideal for this NBA that we play in? Yeah, and the NBA nowadays, I mean, just the more guys you have that are can play multiple positions or can just score in a lot of different ways, uh, it, it almost doesn't matter kind of what position you have. So if you have three or four small forwards now, what used to be a, well, you gotta you got to clear the deck there. Now it's like, well, let's figure out a way to get two or three of them on the floor at the same time. Right. Uh, and just, just get out there and run and, and figure it out. It's, it's almost like, you know, a year ago, I mean, Philadelphia picked first overall. They picked Ben Simmons, and, hey, here's their point guard. And here they are again. And now it's like, well, let's take Markel Holt. Now we have, yeah. you know, this guy, and they can both handle the ball, and they can score in different ways. And, yeah, it really the the NBA now is just so positionless to a degree that it's like just go get good players and you know figure out a way to help play together. And luckily we've got Rick Carlisle to to do that part. And now it's just a matter of can we get the right talent in here? Yeah, I agree. And so let's go over scenarios really quick. Like what is our what is your number one best case scenario for tonight? Realistically, obviously, you know, we're not trading Powell <laughs> we just, for the first pick. We, we, trade LeBron, yeah. we trade for LeBron James. Yeah, that's and right. And we're in the finals, yeah. So, I, you know, I, assuming the deal with Minnesota is, is pretty much dead, I would... Well, no, I mean, just just okay. do whatever you want. Yeah. All right, all right. I, I would like it to... I'd like to see us jump up a couple spots and either get Monk or Fox out of Kentucky. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, so you don't think Monk will slip to nine? He might, but I'm saying just to make sure that happens, I would love to see the Mavericks kind of make a bold move and jump up and get him. Now, yeah. if he just slips with nine, great. But 
you know, I, I think I, I would love to see us kind of be a little bit more aggressive. And not just with that pick, but if you're talking about my ideal scenario, is we end up with one of those two guys, and then we somehow get ourselves back in either the late first or early second. Like, we get another pick tonight because I think there's going to be some guys in the second round that can really play and compete. And, you know, it, it'd just be nice to come out of tonight with two guys. Yeah, and with that being said, uh, is any of that, would any of that come with the sacrifice of next year's one in your scenario? Like, is no. that what you're thinking? Okay, no. so. No. Nothing, unless it would have to be like, you know, we get Porzingis and we give up the ninth pick and next year's one or something like that. You know, it, it, that'd be like, but I'm not even thinking that, but I'm saying like that's what would lead me to pick up or to give up next year's one just because uh, we, we're we not going to be good in that. I mean, okay, the Warriors are probably going to win it all again next year. So let's just look at the Mavericks as rebuilding uh-huh. and, you know, potentially in the lottery again next year or at least in the in the early teens. So, yeah, I, I think we got to just not give up future first-rounders. Well, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I definitely like – Here's my take. My best case scenario that is realistic, um, I don't want to play free agency this year. There's nobody out there I'm interested in. Um, I think we make our play tonight and get a first rounder from Portland or the Lakers by uh, just taking on salary. I'm totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's Dang for the 27th pick or... Uh, picking up, like, Mo Harkless or Ed Davis for, like, the, not their last pick in the first round, but maybe their middle pick. I think it's the 22nd, maybe. I don't know. Would you take, like, an Allen Crabb or Evan Turner? Uh, those deals are a little longer. I would maybe think about it. Uh, maybe if it came with a second. Uh, I don't know. Allen Crabs and Evan Turners, those are big contracts. Like, uh mm-hmm. That would sting a little more, but I would look at it because, uh, you know, both of those players are the type of players that, uh, Mavs are just known for turning into, uh, six, six men, you know, whether it's Nick Van Exel, Vince Carter, uh, you know, we, we've just taken, we're just known for our rehab project, Monte Ellis, where we just, we, we do a good job with, with rejects. And so oh. I wouldn't be overly intimidated by it. What about a deal where it's Wex Matthews for one of those two contracts and one of their first-round picks? I I don't like it only because I think Wes Matthews has more value because, again, in my ideal scenario, which I hadn't filled out just yet, we make that trade with Minnesota. And okay. we get up there. We take only We only make the trade if Jonathan Isaac is there. And um, we end up with Rubio and Isaac. And I love that move because then your future front line of Noel, Barnes, and Isaac is really exciting because Isaac would have time to develop his offensive game. We could plug him in right away defensively. And the truth is point guards are easier to find. Uh, Ricky Rubio, uh, it is a known fact that Carlisle is very intrigued by him. Uh, it is factual that he is a pass-first point guard. It is also factual that uh, 
he's pretty good on defense, surprisingly. So I think all those things are to our favor. Give him a year to get better at a shot. I think Carlisle would be more patient with somebody like him because Rubio is a really smart player and uh, his shot sucks right now, but the Mavs can fix that. And then you've got a veteran kind of uh, steadying the ship, making smart decisions. And that's a vital spot with Carlisle. I mean, the flip side of taking Dennis J- Smith Jr. or uh, Neil Aquina is that uh, we need another point guard. <laughs> And, uh, so if we're looking at a lineup next year, uh, it would be Rubio and Seth Curry in the backcourt. And then maybe Isaac Barnes and Noel, but Dirk Berea and, um, who am I forgetting off the bench? Uh, who am I forgetting? Dirk, um, Berea and Powell, Dwight Powell. No, Powell's, Powell's traded for some. Okay. <laughs> And then, uh, like, I would even trade Powell tonight to the Nets for, like, a second rounder. I think that would be an amazing deal, you know? Yeah. And I think the Nets would love it because, you know, Powell is similar to Crowder where he's just not going to get better with us, period. And I, I don't have any faith in his ceiling. I think he could be an adequate player. Like, like right now, you could look at Crowder and... I mean, I don't miss Crowder on the team. I think he's he's getting more minutes and he's playing, but, you know, he had a really great year with the Celtics two years ago, but right now it's not like he's, you know, they'll trade him easily if they get Gordon Hayward this summer, you know? Well, and it's like we talked about before, if we had Jay Crowder right now, wouldn't anybody be sitting here going, okay, we're set at that position? Exactly. I don't. I think we'd still want Jonathan Isaac, and yeah, we're talking we'd about still want moving something else. Yeah, yeah, we'd want to move Crowder to the bench. So, you know, I think his ceiling is like an awesome eighth man, and you know, I think Powell's ceiling is very similar, an awesome eighth or ninth man. And uh, I'd rather have the salary at this point. And the Nets, that's that's probably better than what they're going to get for their second round pick this year. So um, anyways, that was a little bit of a sidetrack. My ideal scenario, trade Matthews, we get Rubio and Isaac, and then we pick up a later first and we pick up uh, somebody that just slips, whether it's a Harry Giles or a uh, somebody with some length that we could develop that just uh, not, not necessarily a Euro stash guy, but uh, you know, just one of these young guys that just needs time. Well, yeah, and I think if if we end up with Nilakina at nine, I really, really hope we go get another player because I think I'd be a little disappointed if that was it. But I think, uh, you know, if we end up with one of the other guys and that's it, I think I'd be a little bit more okay with that if we somehow got Fox, Monk, or Dennis Smith. Okay, what about the scenario? Okay, let's see here. Because the real, I, I think we feel that Orlando, let, let's play this out for a second. Fulton Ball, 1-2. Uh, Jackson Tatum, 3-4, in some order. Uh, right. Well, Tatum, Jackson didn't even work out for the Celtics. But probably yeah. Tatum. So Tatum, Jackson. 
uh, I think Fox to the Kings at five, and then you're sitting there at six with Orlando, uh, guessing Isaac or Dennis Smith Jr. there, or Malik Monk. So let's say, I would think that they may take, I think it makes sense that they take Dennis Smith Jr. So I pick Smith Jr. Yeah, I do think so. Wow. Okay. Only unless they trade down because, like, look, Jonathan Isaac, they may take him. No, no, no. It's six, not five. Kings are five. And they take Fox. Okay. King, King take Fox. Six yeah. magic. Yeah. Saying, see, I think, I think they go guard, but I think it's more likely that Monk goes there than it is Isaac because they have Elvin Payton. Well, there's Peyton, they have, uh, what's his name? Aaron Gordon, and they have, I think they still have Jeff Green from there. They made yeah. a singular, like, you know how in fantasy football there'll be a run on kickers or something? Like, they did their own run on, like, mediocre small forwards last year. Remember, they, they picked up every, like, kind of combo forward available. Like, Jeff Green, they had Sergi Baca. Yeah, and then they had Gordon and Peyton, and they still have Vucevic, who's, who's more of a center, but still, he's yeah, a big like they have Fournier. Yeah, I just don't see why they would take Isaac unless they're fans. It would be like when the Detroit Lions kept drafting wide receivers with like well, top five pick. But didn't I, here's why they might take Isaac because they just hired the Milwaukee GM or Milwaukee whatever guy he was in right. Milwaukee. Right. And Milwaukee, that's how they rebuilt that team. They just started. Um, drafting for links. And, uh, you know, you look at Milwaukee's length, and that's what makes them the most intriguing team, uh, at least in the East. But one of the top two or three intriguing up and coming teams in the league is like, they've got all these mysterious long guys. And so. Well, and Giannis is really not much of a mystery anymore. He's just a really, really good player. Oh, yeah. Giannis is amazing. But, you know, they've got the Thawne Makers. They've got the Chris Middletons. Right, right. All right, these right. guys are incredibly long. And so that would be the argument for Isaac where, okay, is he much different than Aaron Gordon? No. But, I mean, this is, this is the new regime's guy. So he may not care. He may like, look, we're, for drafting the best guy, and this guy has the highest ceiling. Mm-hmm. So, I I think it's going to be Isaac Smith or Monk, like we said. Uh, but I'm going to pick Dennis Smith Jr. for them. I think that ends up being the pick. Okay. And then we're at seven. And rumored that Minnesota likes Collins, the center for Gonzaga. Uh, so, yeah. which makes sense. I think I think uh, getting a defensive-minded center next to uh, Towns makes a lot of sense. So do they take Monk? That would be kind of amazing with Wiggins. Do they take Nilakina? Nah, I doubt that. Do they take Collins there? That would be interesting. You yeah, know. that's a little higher than people are projecting right now. Or do they trade down with a team trying to come up to take Monk? Or uh, I guess in that case it would be Isaac, which would put us into play. Well, right? or is it a uh, – yeah, that's true. Um, but it could also be um, – I saw one mock draft where it was Laurie uh, Markkinen. 
Well, you know, Bill Simmons made a great point. Like, why do people people keep picking Markinen to the T-Wolves? And I agree with him. Like, A, Tom Thibodeau is their coach. And now you're going to put a stretch for basically Ryan Anderson 2.0 with Carl Anthony Towns, who's not known for his defense. <laughs> like, I can't see Thibodeau signing off on that at all. Like, I think Markinen's the guy that flips because yeah. Charlotte would get murdered for taking him. Denver doesn't need him. <laughs> I mean, like, where does this guy go? Uh, the Heat aren't going to take him. You know, I, I think this guy could slip. And, you know, outside of the top 15, I think he'd be a good pick. I just don't see why he's – like, nobody – why do you want Ryan Anderson on your team unless you have this, like, monster center that plays defense and offense, which is very – like, Anthony Davis, maybe? That might be – a but Anthony Davis doesn't even want to play center. He plays power forward. So right, right. No. It's just a mess. Like, I, I don't think Markinen's a good fit for most teams. That's basically what I'm saying. Well, he's a good – he's a pretty good player, but I think he's a guy who'll be in the NBA for a while. But I think to put him in the top ten and the expectations that go along with that, because he's a – you know, everyone talks about the three and D players. He's a three. Like, yeah. That's it. Like, he'll, yeah. he'll stand out there, he'll, he'll – Throwing some shot, and if he's in the right situation, okay, great. You know, let let Cleveland draft him and give LeBron another guy to pitch out to. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's I don't see him coming in and really making an impact on a team that they're expecting from a from a top ten pick. So all that being said, uh, he goes to the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> yeah, <number 10. laughs> that would be amazing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> But with that said, and, I, I and in don't two think, years they trade him. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think he goes seven to Minnesota. I, I think Minnesota trades that pick. They trade out, and um, I, I think that Mavs trade would be really appealing to them because Wes Matthews plays defense. Um, he'd be a great locker room guy for Thibodeau. Um, you know, they could just have Wiggins bring the ball up sometimes, too, and have Matthews play the two. Or uh, maybe he plays the three again with Wiggins and Dunn. I, I think it works for them. And then they're trading, you know, one contract to the other and getting off a Rubio's deal. And so I like that deal for Minnesota. I also like it for the Mavs because we have spoken several times uh, several other podcasts have spoken several times how the Matthews deal, I, as much as they love Matthews, when this team is competing again legitimately, you know, Matthews deal is up. I mean, next year right. is going to be, right. is it yeah. next year is the third year of the four year deal, right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, you know, he becomes an expiring the year after, um, He's had two pretty average years. I think he's above-average defender. Um, I think Minnesota, he'd be better because he would be like the fourth or fifth option. He'd have wide-open threes. Um, it, it would better his career. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and, and to your point, like how much would we re-sign? How much are we okay re-signing West Matthews for? 
You know, exactly. So, like, would we try to? We're not going to max him out again, give him twenty five billion or something. Like, no chance. Yeah, and I love the idea of Rubio and Carlisle working together. I feel like Rubio could just have his whole career in Dallas, and um, that would be a real solid piece for the Mavericks long term if yeah. they could write his career. And yeah. um, then Isaac has. Really, he has all the potential of any draft pick in this draft. You know, he could he could truly become an all-star. And um, the pressure for him to score just wouldn't be there. It, it would just be really an amazing... Uh, I, I like the risk-reward of, of those two uh, being part of the trade, you know? Well, yeah, you give the Mavericks a couple of known quantities. I think the only downside to that is... Okay, now you're looking at your team and you're, like you said, Barnes, Isaac, Noel is your front court. Rubio and probably Curry are your yep. back court. Yep. Like, are you now putting yourself in a position where you're kind of middle of the pack? So maybe you're an eight seed, seven seed, or maybe you're in the lottery, but you're late lottery. And how much are you able to improve your team over the next couple of years? Cause I'm just kind of writing off the next couple of seasons as like the Warriors are just going to be really good and, and probably dominate the league for a couple more seasons before, you know, somebody else has a shot at them. And, and in particular, the Mavericks. So yeah, getting the Mavericks back into contention, I guess, and maybe you could say that about any player we pick up tonight, but does it put us in a position where we're just kind of okay and we think we've got enough guys here that this is the foundation for like a future championship team. Right. Well, and that's why I really like Isaac because of the uh, ceiling on his potential to really become an all-star. Right. And I think that's how, like, I don't want to take so much risk. Like, I think there's a lot of risk with Neil Aquino. I mean, yeah, uh, I think he's averaging five points a game for his, for his, you know, German team or French team, whatever it is. And, and it's just like, I don't know. I mean, five points a game for an international squad, at least double digits. You know, if he was like 14 and seven or something like that, that would be a little more attractive to me, but right. he's not, he's not really, he's coming in and playing defense next year, but he's spending extensive time in Frisco next year. And, and you know what, like you said, maybe that's actually the smart play because then you get another lottery chip and you've got this guy getting better in Frisco and you're, you're really playing the long game. And you know, if it plays out that way, I'm actually fine with that. It's just, uh, you know, I think, yeah, if if we're going to kind of let's be bad for a couple of years, then I'd love us to see, let, let's get Neil Aquila, Neil Aquina, whatever his name is, and then let's get, um, let's get back in the first round and draft Harry Giles, because that's another kind of project guy who's got some injury history, and he's not going to come in and be an immediate impact. But those are two guys that could be really, really good in two or three years, and yeah. would only be like 21, 22 years old at that point. And then you're going to be bad enough next year to be back in the lottery. And so pick up uh, whoever next year, right? But then, you know, you potentially have 
some guys here that we like. I mean, I think we like Barnes and Noel, and, and we've talked about some of the other guys uh, that are just really solid players. But now you could pick up three guys in the next two years that could be really impact players. Uh, and, and you I agree. Draft. I mean, look at Golden State. I mean, as much as people are going to be like, well, they drafted Durant, whatever. But, I mean, they, they drafted, or they didn't draft Durant. They signed Durant. But, I mean, they drafted Curry, Thompson, Harrison Barnes, and then in that same draft, Draymond Green. Yeah. So well, I, I agree with you, and that's kind of like that could be that's a competitive dream scenario too, where it's like outside of sacrificing next year's first round pick, we walk away with Giles and Nilakina, where it's like, ooh, wow, we've got some we've got some chips here that need a while to develop, and the Mavs would be a great team to develop uh, some young players. You know, because we've got such a great supportive staff. And so that's an intriguing scenario, too, that I would be really happy with if we walked away with two of those guys, you know? Yeah. 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 And that leads me to our third scenario where we trade down. I mean, I, I think that's if let's play this out again at seven. Let's say somebody trades up with Minnesota. And Nabs like Monk. And then, uh, Monk or let's say Isaac even. And then Neil Aquina goes eight to the Knicks. And then we're sitting there with Monk and maybe they really don't like them as the rumors say. And they prefer like a Donovan Mitchell or a, uh, even a Justin Jackson. I mean, would you trade? What is it? Seventeen and twenty-four. Is that what the Portland has? Portland has. I'm looking at it right now. They have fifteen, twenty, and twenty-six. Would you do fifteen, twenty, and a second rounder for number nine? Um, yes, you would. If you were, if it's like fifteen, twenty, and a second rounder, and you're either looking at Monk or whomever. No, I think in your scenario, if Monk's gone, and it's essentially oh yeah, it's Neil Aquino, right? No, no, no. Yeah. I took no, I took Neil Aquino to the Knicks. So, or no, well, I, you're right, you're right. Yeah, so Monk's sitting there. Yeah, I took Neil yeah. Aquino. So you, I think I'd want Monk, but I think if Monk and Neil Aquino, let's say those two are gone, and you're essentially looking at like Dennis Smith uh, or Isaac. See, but I like Dennis Smith. I do. So it's like there's there's nine there's like Neil Aquino is the only one I have a little hesitation about, but I know the math love. But if he's there, if he's the but only that's one there, my question. I don't know if they do. Do they? Like I, I wonder if that's just a smoke screen. Like right. they're just they're not a transparent organization, and that's where like if they're telling me they love somebody, I'm like, oh, they don't love them. You know, I just think complete opposite. Well, okay, so let's say it is Neil Aquino. I would, yeah, I would make that deal with all those other guys because, you know, the other guys in the top ten that you're looking at are like, like we said, Laurie Markkinen, you know, then you get into your Zach Collins or your Luke Kennard or, yeah. you know, guys like that that I'm just like, I'm not sure if that's where I want the Mavericks to go with their top ten pick. But if you okay. go back, you can get Giles for sure in that 15 or 20s. 
Okay, what if it's three first rounders plus like uh, Alan Crabb for number nine? So they give us all three of their first rounders and Alan Crabb. Yeah, because they're trying. Then we have to take back the contract. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Are you kidding? We're trading a number nine pick in a draft for three first round picks. And yeah, a serviceable but, professional basketball player. Like, but we're <laughs> but we're losing our cap space. So that's your team. You know but what I mean? what, for what? I mean, but here's the thing: his deal is like 18 million a year, right? And we've got the cap space to 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 absorb that. And next year, Wes Matthews is expiring. So yeah. it's it's almost like we're getting that cap space back anyway. And let's be honest. We're not going and signing a max player this year, so what does it matter? Well, and that probably leads us to our final point. I know we're a little over on time, but uh, the Mavs just, are they going to operate delusionally or are they going to pivot here? And I think this is the draft to pivot and just say, you know what, I don't even want them to get through Holiday. Why would they get through Holiday? You know, it's like... I, I want no part of free agency. None of the big guys, you know? So right, right. you play your chips tonight and whatever it takes, uh, get more picks because this draft is so deep. Uh, yeah, I 100% agree. I, I, I mean, let's, let's re-sign Nerland Noel. Like that should be the big priority in the offseason. Yep. And then let's, let's try to do some things with the players we have because we have a lot of guys that can easily be swapped for a second round pick. Yep. You know, we have a trade exception. Like we have some things we can play with and, you know, let's go get in the second round and pick up. I mean, I really like Frank Mason from, uh, from Kansas, you know, little point guard to where yeah. let's say we, let's say we end up with Jonathan Isaac in the first round. You know, we don't get one of those top point guards. Let's drop back and get Frank Mason. Like we yeah. know who he is. He, he's a tough guy. He's a competitor. Like, like that's a really good basketball player. Yeah, there's a um, lot of good point guards out there. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm fine with us kind of playing around with this pick a little bit and turning it into more picks and and throwing a couple players out there and you know just making some moves, not necessarily to compete immediately, but to kind of just. You know, start the rebuilding part. No, I think next year the Mavericks are all about this is Dirk's 20th season. And that's all you're going to hear about. And we're just going to get hammered most nights by teams. But we'll be competitive. It'll be like this year. And, uh, you know, at a certain point, we'll kind of start tanking a little bit. And then I think, you know, it'll probably be Dirk's last year. And, and then we're in full, a little more, a little bit more full, full rebuild mode. I I disagree. I think Dirk's in for two more. And okay. So, so uh, I do think you're right about everything else. Like, uh, I think it'll be exciting with a full year of Noel and, and, you know, another year of improvement from Barnes. Not to get too into our season preview here, but uh, <laughs> I, I think Dirk... <laughs> with a roster we don't even know. Yeah, but I do think Dirk's going to be, you know, just puttering along and have another great year of just steady play. And I think playing with Noel is really going to, you know, make his job a lot easier. So yeah. I, I think uh, I think the year's going to go by pretty well with some exciting play. 
But you're right. I mean, we're we're not going to get we're not going to win a championship next year, and so it's going to be really interesting how we play this out tonight. And I'm really hoping, uh, you know, to Donnie's credit, he takes a lot of criticism, but he can be really crafty and pull off some some amazing deals. And so I'm really hoping tonight. Uh, we're we're going to be surprised tonight. I'm really hoping so. I hope it's just not the flat number nine, Neil Aquina, that we, uh, everyone's expecting, you know? Yeah, I think I'm going to be a little disappointed if that's all that happens. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Something more than that. But, um, well, all right. We're over on time, but I think tomorrow we're definitely going to have another one with a recap. And, uh, Hey, my name is Al at home, your math at home, and you can find us at Math Podcast and uh, mathpodcast at gmail.com. Did I get everything right? I think you got everything right. So we'll talk to everyone tomorrow. All right. Go Mavs.